This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. And when you call A11, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. A11 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends, this is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Delina lose his job because Swansea lost the match. And for some, Jurgen Klopp has a team ready to fight for a title. What say you, Lord Mosto, on this? Well, I think uh, well, I think it was a very important victory for Liverpool. Um, I think it was a poor start. <clears throat> Just, you know, when you see them struggling a little bit, you kind of think, well, you know, what is the real Liverpool? But the real Liverpool's got character. And I just think that, you know... I, I, much better in the second half. I think when I look at Firmino playing, Rob, he, he, he really is now. I mean, I know he, he wasn't spectacular today, but I just watched him really closely today. Um, after there was an interview um, last week with um, Jurgen Klopp talking about how he's so important with the defensive part of it, I think he's so far ahead of Daniel Sturridge now. Because I thought, you know, that maybe Sturridge should be continued as a number nine and Firmino play off the left-hand side or somewhere else to get Sturridge in the team. But Firmino, I tell you what, Robbie, he's involved in everything. He's involved with the early press. He's involved with closing down when he drops back into midfield. He's involved in getting involved in the play, link-up play, moving in behind. Mm-hmm. I saw him right towards his, his own midfield and even back four working hard. So I, I'm just the, the more I see Firmino play, the more impressed I am. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to talk about Spurs and that Firmino role a little bit later in the show. But I'd agree with you. I think now he he's, it seems to me like he's ahead of Daniel Sturridge and Sturridge is going to have to work his way back in. Rob, I want to talk about the other end of the pitch because I think we all know and we all recognise this Liverpool team have got goals, have got threat, have got attacking options. We spoke on the podcast last weekend and I said, defensively, goalkeeper and the two centre-backs, are they good enough to win your title? Clarius played again today. Younger keeper, not many games in the Premier League, wasn't over-impressed, can get better. It's going to be Matic plus one. Today, Lovren come back in the team, wasn't over-impressed, Rob. Does Clavin have to come in? Is that the partnership that's going to take Liverpool towards the top end of the table and, and keep them there? 
I remember a phrase that you used for Manchester United and for Wayne Rooney, that he'll play himself out of the team. I think the same thing will happen with with Dejan Lovren. I I think it's been a struggle for him. And I watched him today, Rob, and he he got through the whole game. We we hear he's got an injury issue now. Um, But he's one of those players that that has to be a... a, He looks like he's puffing, like he's playing his absolute (laughs) maximum to do his job. To do his job, he has to be at his peak fitness levels, concentration levels. He has to be at maximum to do it. And I, and I think it's very difficult for any player to play at that maximum. Ragnar Klavan is a, is a less glamorous, obviously a lot less expensive um, guy that I think will become the partnership with, with John uh, Matip. And I, I, I'm, I was a little surprised that Tavon didn't keep his place in the team, but you can kind of understand uh, Lovren was ill before, and he's, he's done okay, and he's come up with some big moments in Liverpool. So I, I, I guess I get it, but like I said, I think the, the best partnership there um, is, is for Clavan and, and Matip, and, and the goalkeeper, just quickly on him. And I know it's early, yeah. um, but yeah. you know we have to take a, a quick view on him, and we've, we've, we've looked at him mm. now, and he played again today. He looks... I mean, he looks a little nervous. And, it, and, it, and it, again, it, it has to be nerve-wracking playing for this, this big football club when the expectation yeah. is so great with the fans not being happy with Mignolet. But he didn't look particularly convincing. A um, couple of times he came out and was flapping a little bit. Um, he dropped that, that shot that was relatively straightforward. But, of course, mm. we, you know, we're not going to, you know, criticise the guy too much. He's got to get used no. to it. He's got to get used to the teammates, the manager, the football club, uh, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, and it's one of those days, Rob, I said on the broadcast today, I was more impressed with this 2-1 win away at Swansea than I was with the 5-1 at Hull. The Hull days are when Liverpool are good and, and the goals are going to go in. Today was a day 1-0 down, it was wet, it was cold, it was in Wales, it was the early kickoff. There was excuses there, the team didn't take excuses, only down really as well. Adam Lallana has got a groin injury, we'll have to see how that one goes. I want to turn the attention to Francesco Guidolin because, so Rob, I've been at times a little bit critical of this guy, but I, I actually felt sorry for him today. I, I think he's been slightly disrespected in the way people have been talking about his job and supposedly being interviewed for his job. You know, they talk about he loses a game, he loses his match. The two American owners were there today. Not sure, you know, shaking hands before the game. I'm not kind of sure what, what that's all about. I just felt that his team showed up they were well organised. They they looked more up for it in, in, in the first half. They ran out of steam. They didn't have enough quality in the end, and those are things we know of Swansea. But we get in this situation, Rob, where you know it, 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 it's almost like at some point he loses two games. Guidolin's going to be out the door. I, I just feel like he, he deserves a little bit more respect. He's a guy who kept them in the league last season when they were struggling. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. And, and uh, you know, Swansea now uh, in and around the bottom of the league, just above the relegation spots. And this is what he did last year. I mean, he did get them together. And he is very different to, to what Swansea normally do, their normal style. But this isn't normal times for Swansea. I'm assuming, Robbie Earl, that the, the ownership, and Hugh Jenkins, of course, is still making some big decisions there. Uh, they want to get back to free-flowing, silky, Brendan Rodgers, Martinez type of Swansea City that, that came into this league and did so well. I don't think this squad of players is ready to do that. So if you're no. going to bring in, um, particularly a Ryan Giggs, because I think Ryan Giggs will try and get on the front foot and try and be expansive and try and play that style of football to be successful, I, I would really worry that that's not going to work. So I, if, it, if it was me, I would absolutely 100% 
keep good lean for the time being. Mm. Now, if in two, three months' time it starts to look dire and they're dropped into the, the bottom three and it's a struggle, then you look at it. I think this is way too early, Rob. And, and, and really, yeah. I mean, this is a massive... I mean, we say this a lot, but I really believe that this is a huge decision for those owners now at Swansea. Yeah. It's yeah. a huge decision. If they mm. get this wrong and the team doesn't improve and doesn't recover, and you might have an inexperienced manager in the Premier League in charge... That's going to be very worrying for Swansea City and their ability to stay in the league. I would keep him. I think you've got to give him longer. I was impressed with, number one, the atmosphere, and number two, the, the, yeah. the reaction of the fans singing the Greedley, the manager's name, and players afterwards. Uh, was it Liam Britton yeah. saying that they were Liam absolutely 100% yeah. behind mm. the manager? That's good stuff. They shouldn't get rid of the guy yet. No, dead right, and I'm sure Aston Villa and Newcastle would say they like to be playing expansive football, and look where they ended up. Let's yeah. also remember, Gomis gone, are you gone, your two top scorers. Llorente was out today. It was a decent performance by Swansea, and let me give you my solution to the whole situation. Don't get rid of all the experience of Guidoline. If you want Ryan Giggs, bring Ryan Giggs in to work with him and eventually find Giggs a spot and let Guidoline move on, but maybe maybe I, I'm, I'm on to perfect storm. Rob, I'm going to move us on to the Friday night football. Everton faced Palace at Goodison Park. It was a Palace team, three straight wins in good form, looking to, to extend that run. Everton came off the disappointing defeat against Bournemouth. How did you see what's this one? I didn't see too much between the two sides. So Everton were better first off. Lukaku got the goal. Palace certainly better second off. Benteke got the goal. And I kind of think two teams that were probably kind of fighting for a similar spot in the league. Yeah, you took my line, mate. You took my line because I'm watching this game and, I, and I'm kind of I'm sensing the optimism around uh, Goodison Park and the new manager that we all really like and respect. And they had a good start right towards the top two or three spots in the league. But I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, there's nothing in it. These two teams are very similar. The players that they have, the attackers that they have, I know they've got a Belgium striker that, that obviously scored uh, Lukaku and Benteke, but the wide players, the midfield graph, the kind of the steady eddies defensively, there's not a lot in between these two teams. And I think that's, that speaks really highly for, for, for Crystal Palace. Of course, they've got some way to go in the league in catching Everton. Um, but it also is, uh, in my opinion, a bit of a... Uh, no, rea reality checks maybe is a strong word for Everton, but I, mm. I, I like what's happened in Everton. I like the, the difference in mentality of the squad, but I don't think this team is that good yet. And I think that they're, in a, they're still you know, in the top four right now, I believe. But um, that was a striking thing for me. And it might have just been a bad day for Everton, and both teams had a couple of injuries to some important players. Um, but mm. I thought, wow, they, these two teams are very, very similar. And as you said... I reckon they're going to be kind of in similar spots in the league coming into the season. Here's a good pub question for you, mate, before we get to the, to the break. You've got a chance to take one of those Belgian beasts, Lukaku or Benteke. Same money, who'd you take? <laughs> you know who I'd take. I, I, I've never a big fan of, of Benteke. He's at a perfect club now. It's a marriage made in heaven, but I, I like... Well, you don't like ugly goals. You don't like, you don't like ugly goals. If he scores 25 ugly goals, you don't like him because Lukaku's look prettier. I, li I like ugly goals, but I just uh, Lukaku's got a bit more about him, and he? he's got a bit more about him. Come on, what do you, what do you say then? If, well, I just think he. It's times Lukaku can have a sulk. And, and sometimes I think, mm, come on, get on with it. I think Benteke's more of a player. I'd go Lukaku myself, but I've got to throw it out there, and it's a pub question, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Lukaku's better.
OK. Listen, we're going to move it on, mate. So Liverpool continue to go from strength to strength under Jurgen Klopp. When we come back, we'll talk Chelsea. They had a change of system. We'll see if it talk about their change of look. You're listening to the Two Rubbish Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. Sports, take a bite of this. Show on a day when a below par Chelsea faced a tricky game at the KCOM Stadium against Hull City. They went three at the back, they got three points. Bobby Musto, is this the way forward for Antonio Conte and his team? Yes, yes, it is. It absolutely is. And I think he was. Biden his time, I think he was allowing the, the, the previous Chelsea have a kind of a go of, of what have you got as a, as a 4-2-3-1 that you've played before. He changed it, of course, with a 4-3-3 with Matic playing in this kind of awkward role of getting box to box that, that I never really liked. He tried Cesc Fabregas in, in there as well. Um, but I like this. I like it. And I like it because obviously the coach is very familiar with it. <clears throat> um, I think it helps him with having three centre-backs. I think we know that the, the Chelsea are not blessed with great centre-backs at the moment. I think it suits Alonso on the left. Um, I, I kind of liked uh, Victor Moses on the right-hand side. But it's the midfield what I think is better. Now Matic is side-by-side to, to N'Golo Kante, which means that Kante can get forward a little bit more. We certainly saw that in this game um, with, with Matic holding. And I like the front three. So it's kind of like a three four when you when you add in those two those two holding players and then a three and i like it for azard as well and i like it for william that there's flexibility there robbio because they can either tuck right in and play like two number tens or if they fancy their chances against the the fullbacks they can pull wider and 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 play up against the fullbacks and dribble etc etc i just like that flexibility jacob costa uh, is a is a is the ideal lone striker can play it there on his own and no problem i just like it i think it fits well i know it's you know it wasn't a massive test today away at whole city that didn't really have much of a kick but i like it for territory i like it for possession and i think it suits more of the players um i guess the concern that, that i have and i think you have as well rob is is those three center backs um that, that might take a little bit of time to get used to it yeah, exactly that, Rob. And we, we put a tweet out early today asking Chelsea fans what they thought the three, uh, the back system and whether Chelsea get some time and patience. We had a couple of really interesting tweets come back. I'll read a couple of them. William Shensky the third said, Abramovich not known for his patience, so maybe it has to happen quickly. Radim Marinescu said, Conte can change formation all he wants, but the players on the pitch are not playing together. Chemistry is an issue, which didn't particularly see that much today but my question Rob is the three at the back are the three good enough to be three at the back Aspilicueta, Luis and Cahill especially in light of the next two games Leicester City Manchester United coming up where they will be challenged where there will be better forwards who can stretch them who can make clever runs who can pull them about yes this is going to be work done on the training green ground but international break now players will be flying off and then all that stuff comes together that's my worry rob with th- with these three I, I i think it looked better people looked more comfortable uh, in their positions but i worry about these three at the back are they good going to be good enough and if john terry's fit does john terry come in who 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 drops out the balance of these three i think is something that this going to need work 
Yeah, I'll tell you who drops out. I think John Terry will come back in. And I saw mm. uh, Gary Cahill, left side of the three centre-backs. Yeah. And, of course, John Terry mm. loves that position. So I think John Terry will come in there. I think David Luiz played well today. I thought his passing range was very good. I thought he won balls, got around the outside a couple of times and nicked balls off uh, uh, the strikers really well. Um, Aspili Quez is a good defender. He's a good defender um, with that ability to come out of that right side with the ball quite well. So I like it. But I think, I think, I think it'll become obvious, Rob. I think it'll become obvious. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk, a lot of newspaper talk that, that uh, Abramovich is going to give Conte uh, a lot yeah, of money. money yeah. Big spend in mm. January. And I think that's going to go on central defenders because, like you said, against the, the, the better teams, I think the midfield is good. I think the front three players are good. I think the wing-backs are good enough. I worry about those three central defenders. Now, over the next couple of weeks, well, obviously after the international break, that's where Chelsea are going to have problems. And I think it will be obvious when you look at it and when the manager looks at it and the owner looks at it and the fans look at it to say, wow, we need an extra centre-back or two to really to have some more athleticism back there because at times they will get caught with two against three or three against three and that's when they could get found out. Robert Musso, just let me remind you of a couple of facts. A few weeks ago, we talked about our top four. You took Liverpool out of your top four and put Chelsea in there, as did I, to, to be honest. But I look at this Chelsea team now, three wins in the first three matches, one point out of the next three matches... What Chelsea is this? Is this a Chelsea that can sustain some, some, some form? Are we going to see changes as the system changes and things? Are they going to be inconsistent? Which Chelsea do you see come the end of the season? Well, I think, I think it's, it's tough to, to try and summarise what they are right now. I think it's, it's, it's morphing, isn't it? We're seeing a change right now. I think after that today that I think that's, that's going to be the way that this team plays for the foreseeable future. I really do. I think he knows it. He likes it. I think there's enough in it today to certainly continue with it. So, so that's, I think that's the way it's going to be. The hard part, Rob, is just to try and figure out how it's going to go against better teams, how, mm. uh, how it's going to kind of uh, handle the, the, the hurdles of the Premier League every weekend. Yeah. And I guess it's really hard to see where they're going to finish. I think they will have some problems. As I said, with those, the actual individuals back there will have tough times. So I don't see them being, you know, in, in the top two or three. They're going for fourth. They are going for fourth. And I think, um, you know, it's really hard right now to try and figure that out. But Liverpool, of course, have started so well, right up to second place at the moment in the Premier League mm. um, but they will still feel that top four absolutely is their target they're very close to it right now if, if the centre-backs are strong enough to play there and Luis has a big season and a big few months there's no reason why Chelsea won't be banging on that door of top four absolutely Yep, totally agree, and I'll just throw one name in for you as well. Kurt Zuma coming back to fitness, might yeah. just figure in, in the plans as well. Going to move us on, Rob, to, to the bottom end of the table, Sunderland and David Moyes. Late equaliser for Sunderland, got a point, certainly wasn't what they wanted out of the game, would have loved all three. Still got faith in David Moyes. I, I'm, I've got to be honest, uh, Rob, I'm a little bit disappointed in David Moyes. There's, you know, it's a bit of negativity, looks like he's lost a bit of his energy and his enthusiasm, and uh, it just seems like he's down at this football club and he, he hasn't quite given the, the place a lift, whether it be the fans or the players. Yeah, well, coming out and saying that they're going to be in a relegation fight again this season, I thought was an awful thing to say early on. Awful thing to say when they, when they had such good momentum at the end of last year. Um, I'll tell you what's a bad sign, Robbie Earl. They've lost, the pal they've lost at home 
against Crystal Palace, Middlesbrough, Everton, and they couldn't beat West Brom. If you don't do well at home, you're going to be banging trouble. There's one thing I learned of all the years playing, uh, particularly in the Premier League. You have to play well at home. You have to win games at home. You can't have a bad vibe at your home stadium. And I worry that whatever they do, they're still being bright and they're still up for a fight. I wonder how long it's going to last because I think Sunderland, uh, they have to get wins at home. They didn't again today. They're going to be in a, they are going to be in relegation trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, it just feels gloomy, doesn't it, at the moment. David Moyes not got that spot that we saw in his Everton days. So, they have to be content with the point with the late equaliser. When we get back, we'll talk Slavin Bilic, West Ham United. Can they get their season going? And what team will Jose Mourinho pick to face Stoke at Old Trafford tomorrow? We'll give you our opinion on both those topics when we get back. I'm Earl, he's Muster, together with the Two Robbies Football Show, and we're here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, now, the Two Robbies Football Show. Online or with the app. You, you, you can find us anywhere. NBC Sports Radio. And NBCSportsRadio.com. Because our game never stops. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Before we preview an important game at Old Trafford tomorrow, let's take a moment to focus our attention on West Ham's struggle at the wrong end of the table. And it was a day when West Ham had to be settled for a point. Sam Byron, another defender, goes down injured and needed a wonder goal from Dimitri Payet. Not going quite right, is it, for Slavin Bilic, Rob? I mean, the, the fourth straight loss before this game, statements from the owners in midweek, rallying calls from the manager, strong words from the captain, Mark Noble, and they still don't get a win. It, it's starting to get a little bit worrying, isn't it, for, for West Ham? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, you know, looking at his lineup today, I mean, he, he, he changed it around. I mean, Miguel Antonio, he, he seems to be playing all over the place. Nine, was it? Of course, come up with a great nine. goal. Um, but mm. I, I, this is one that, that I expect, actually, one good performance, one good result uh, to change things around. I think they'll go on a run. I think they'll go on a decent run and get out of it. I mean, I don't think um, they're going to be down here all season long. It just, it just, it's just when, as you know, I mean, it, when the confidence is low, it, it affects things massively, and it's just, it's just shocking to me. I mean, I look at the lineup, and they've still got good players. The midfield's pretty much the same as last year. They've still got Payet, and Payet was certainly up for this game, um, but they can't win. I mean, a game against Middlesbrough that have been struggling themselves over the last three or four weeks, you'd think, would be the game. Okay. Let's get it done against Middlesbrough, get three points on the, on the board and start playing and start feeling more confident. But they didn't do it. They, they, they struggled. They went behind again, mm. and it took a, a pretty amazing goal from Dimitri Payet to, to get a point. But, but I just want to, want to sort of take you back to, to, to times when we've both been in the, in, in the Premier League. We've both struggled being in teams that have gone down. And we've both been in situations, and, and I'm, I'm thinking a little bit like you said, where we've, we've thought, the team I was in, no, we'll, we'll be okay. At, at what point do you feel that that changes? At what point, how many games in, at what, what position is it that you go, hold on, we can't keep saying we're good players, we can't, because we're actually down in the relegation and now we, we've got to fight on. I always think, once you get to double figures, if you're in double figures, if you're getting to around November and you're still down at the bottom of the table, you've got a lot of work to do in the second or, second sort of period of the season. Yeah, I mean, my main thoughts on that and my main memories are that, 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 that I know... I, I, I knew at times when we weren't very good, and we had seasons where... But we do West Ham know, Rob? Do West Ham no, know? Sorry, that, that's the point I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's the case, Rob. 
I, I don't. I think they will, at this moment in time, be looking around the dressing room and saying, "We just, we, we need something to turn this around." I don't think those players right now are thinking, "Oh, oh you know, crikey, we, we, this is this is bad. We're not very good. This is going to be a relegation-threatened season. We're, we're nowhere near as good as we were last year." I just don't. I, I can't imagine those players are feeling that way at the moment. There must be more uh, belief, more. Um, I know. I, I just think, look around, and there's good players at that football club. My goodness, there is good players there. It's just that the confidence and things aren't going their way. I just don't think it's that situation, Rob, where they believe that they're, they're that bad a team. I can't believe they'd think that. No, and they've got a bit of work to do after the international break to get things back on track. Slavin Beach in West Ham had a great season last season, but struggling to live up to form this. I want to move our attention to Manchester United, Rob. They scraped a 1-0 win in the Europa League this week, a scruffy goal courtesy of Wayne Rooney's kneecap assist to Zlatan to score. Not the most impressive performance by United, and this is what Jose Mourinho had to say after the game. I'm happy with the points and I'm okay with the performance. Not brilliant, but good enough. Uh, it's difficult to, to have the team highly motivated because we don't want to play Europa League. <laughs> Doesn't want to play Europa League. how he feels, Joe. Yeah, I think we all... Um, realize that Manchester United feel that the Europa League is beneath them and yeah well, whatever, even with the Champions League even with the Champions League space uh, available what they're good enough yeah. they, they feel they're guaranteed a spot through the top four well they, they will feel that Rob yeah I mean I, I mean to be fair to him Rob he doesn't he doesn't mess around with his team that much not that much I mean I think Mourinho has showed us in the past that he he likes to get his, his best 11 and keep playing them keep playing them rest the odd player now and again but he likes to c continue to play his team so I think you know I don't think there's going to be that many changes but for the for the next game I'd expect he goes back to the same team that beat Leicester so so well 4-1 I don't think there's going to be any changes I don't think there's going to be any special recall for Wayne Rooney I think he, he struck upon something that, that works really well lovely bit of understanding and fluidity from those front players and one matter with a free license to go everywhere uh, and play so I don't think we're going to see too much different um, going into another home game for United so do you see the Rooney situation now where he's on the outside looking in? He, he's not necessarily now a starter for Manchester United as we move forward. Yeah, I think so, Rob. I think there might be a time where he might play as a number nine. And there might be some games. I think a little bit like how, how Rooney kind of played himself out of it. It might, it, it might be that the, the one matter or Hander Herrera or somebody else has to play their way out of it. But I... I just think, just on a side note with one matter, it's pretty amazing. Did you hear his comments, Mourinho, just saying just recently that the one matter now is a very important player for yeah. Manchester United. At yeah. Chelsea, it was yeah. different. There was different. Yeah. It was a different mythology. It was a different type of squad. Exactly. It was a different style of play. He now totally believes in matter and trusts him. I just think it's it's. Uh, kind of remarkable from the manager to have that turnaround, but also fair play to one matter, fair play to this guy who's been who's been kind of crapped on a couple of times at different big clubs. You know he's done so well, and then he wants to be sold, and people thought United is going to get sold. So I'm I'm pleased for one matter. I, I understand he's an absolute gen, a, a diamond of a lad, playing brilliant football, and I think he'll really help Manchester United this season playing in that role.
$5 for you in the swear box, Robbie Musto. We don't say crap on the <laughs> rubbish football show. But I completely get your, po <laughs> get, yeah, get your point with, with, with one matter. It's interesting, Rob, because I, I, I saw those same headlines and I read them and I thought, that's Mourinho probably, you know, being a big, bigger man. But I also think it's Mourinho also looking at that Chelsea team one matter wasn't an important part of that team because he wasn't good enough to break into that team. And that Chelsea team was so much better than the Manchester United team that he's got mm. now. And he needs one matter. And one matter, we saw great signs uh, last, uh, last weekend, how he can speed the game up. He can join players in, play combination play. So, I like you think well, he'll go the same way. Against the Stoke team that have just had a real struggle this year, Rob. I, I can't quite believe it. They go and, and, and bring in sort of Martins Indy at the back. They bring Joe Allen in midfield. They bring... Uh, Wilford Bonney up front, so they, they got good quality in all areas of the football pitch and actually seem to have gone backwards. Yeah, I think this is a, it's a, it's an interesting little test for Mark Hughes. And I, and I always think, and I always thought as a player, when you've got plenty of talent on the, on the, on the team, on the starting lineup, then it, 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 it has to be teamwork and, and, and hard work and work ethic. And I just think he needs to go back to that. He absolutely has got to go back and go back to basics uh, and basically say to them, you're not, you're not all that. And you, you guys that get so much kind of good publicity last year, um, some of those fun players, and I, I think it, that's the way that it's going to get turned around for them. And I think it's, it's quite simple for Mark Hughes. So sometimes you can't see the, the you know, the, 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 what's the phrase? Can't see the trees for the wood or whatever it is. What's, it, what's the phrase? Can't see the... The wood for the trees, something like that. Trees, and I think it's right in front of them. They've got good players there. Give them a bit of a shake. Get them out there. If they worked their socks off, I guarantee the results will start to come. It's just when there's a little bit of um, lack of confidence and a little bit of, I don't know, a bit of um, fragility about their, their mentality of the game, then the effort level goes down. I just think it's one of those days as well, Rob, where, you know, Stoke City, things haven't gone well. You've got to be motivated going to, to Old Trafford. You've got to be motivated to go and play against Jose Mourinho's team. It might just kickstart the likes of Arnautovic, Shaqiri back in the team. Wilfred Bonny might get going and they might cause one or two problems to, to Manchester United. Now, time for us to take a, a wrap-up on this segment and look forward to the three outstanding games of the weekend left on a busy Sunday schedule. Sometimes somebody's O has to go, as they say in boxing terms. City go to Spurs, Arsenal. Can they keep their form up as they go to Turf Moor and can Leicester bring a bit of Champions League form to the Premier League as they face Southampton we'll be right back after this short break with the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio Hey, hey you got questions? questions? We got answers Call us and get it off your chest 855-323-4NBC or email the Granger Get It Done inbox Get It Done at NBCSportsRadio.com NBC Sports Radio where every day is game day Okay, time for the Granger Get It Done inbox. Brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. This week's Granger question comes from Becky in Westport. Robbie Musto, who do you want to see as England's long-term manager next? Is it do you want Gareth Southgate to keep the job? Is it someone like Eddie Howe? Who, who who's the guy you, you'd like to see? Well, I've got to be honest, Robert. I'm not particularly. Uh impressed with the list of potentials right now and I would prefer an Englishman but I think the most qualified and the, and the most experienced has to be Arsene Wenger I, I, you know, I, think, I think he will be available his contract's up in the summer 
I think it probably will be the right time to, to, to leave Arsenal Football Club. Why not Arsene Wenger? Well, hey, finally an awesome we trust for, for England job. I've, I've got a name for you. Like Tim Sherwood. What about tactics, Tim? Let's get Tim in there. He can't do any worse than anybody else. Let's talk about Arsenal, though. Rob and, and, and Arsene Wenger, 20-year anniversary at, at um, the Gunners now. They've got a, a, a tricky game away at Burnley, and... In some respects, it's the kind of game that, that people will say, you watch Arsenal, this, this will be the one they lose after, after good results against Chelsea and, and midweek in, in, in the Champions League. They'll go and fall, fall up uh, against Burnley. Mm. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I, I just think that, that sort of... I, I think Burnley, they, they'll be on the back foot. They've gone this season without two up front. They play an extra man in midfield. They'll allow Arsenal plenty of possession of the football. I think at the moment, Arsenal are, are so fluid, they're so attack-minded, they're so um, good in that final third. I think they're going to win the game comfortably. I think uh, Alexis Sanchez um, is looking happier and happier as that number nine. I don't quite see uh, when he's fit, Olivier Giroud, how he gets back in the team, uh, let alone some of the other strikers at the football club. Um, so I, I, think, I think Arsenal will be OK, Rob. I, I know what you mean. I think there will be difficult hurdles that over... So it's getting a little bit cold and wet and windy over the winter. I think Arsenal will, will disappoint a little bit like they've done before. But right now, you've got to take your hat off. Mm. They've got great energy. They've got more of a complete performance in them. And in Sanchez up front is something that they haven't had. That's different. That's mm. new. And that's exciting because he's scoring goals. He's working his socks off like you know he would. And he can run in behind. He can score goals, make goals by himself. He can pull into wide areas. I really like him playing up front for Arsenal. He's making a big difference. And let me tell you what else has been consistent of late. Theo Walcott. In Theo, we trust if Theo can keep that going, he'll be back in the England squad and have a title-winning medal at the end of the season. Do you think he'll keep it going? I'm going to move on to Spurs versus Manchester City. As a big game for the weekend. It kicks off 9.15 Eastern time on NBCSN. Rob, this, this is the one I think we've all been looking forward to. Miles Walton, I remember you said a really, I, I thought it was a, a really important thing last weekend when you said you hope Tottenham go for you hope Tottenham test Manchester City. I think the football world's hoping that Pep Guardiola's team have a test. We saw them have a little bit of a hiccup in the Champions League against Celtic. And we're all thinking, well, Spurs surely are, are, are a step up in quality to Celtic if they get things going. Great to look forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what we need to see. We need to see full-throttle Spurs. Full-throttle. Youthful energy. Passionate closing down at home against the team that's been magnificent. That's what I hope we see. Just on the bigger picture, Rob, I mean, Manchester United derby, the Manchester derby, sorry, mm. was a big, big game, yeah. and they came through with flying colours. Yeah. Let's just, just, let me just quickly list through the other, the, the other teams they played in the Premier League. Sunderland, Stoke, West Ham, Bournemouth, Swansea. Now, I'm not saying that Pep City isn't really, really good, but let's be honest. When you look now after, what, six, seven games, those teams listed have not done very well at all. And I just think that little, that Celtic game, I watched that thinking, yeah, that's, this is what they're going to find difficult. And I haven't seen it yet in the Premier League. So that's what I'm hoping for. I think City uh, have been brilliant, excellent, excellent, excellent. But they need to, to get, I don't know, they haven't been tested for me, and, that, and that's just 
looking at the, the teams they've played so far. But you can only beat what's out there, Rob. They've done that, but the next test is, is a yeah. team like Spurs. And what I hope is that Spurs can test that midfield, that they want to have possession. They'll get runners in behind. I want to know, can John Stones defend and Otamendi? Can the full-backs sit deeper and defend when they have to and be what we call more normal players. I think it's a, it's a great one to look forward to. And we put a tweet out there and, and, and asked about the big game, you know, who who's a favourite. And the best tweet, I think, came in from Sean Taylor, who said he fancies Spurs at home. There's no Kevin De Bruyne. Spurs have got the best defence. Informed wingers with pace and sees it at Spurs. So Sean's going to win our tweet of the day, and that gets him a two-Robbie scarf. So don't forget to direct messages your address. And we'll pop you a two Robbie scarf in the post. It's essential network right now with the fall coming on and the weather changing. So on a weekend when Sunderland and West Ham both needed a win but got a draw, Greenland needed a win and may well have lost his job. This is that's about it for this week. And don't forget you can download the Two Robbies podcast available on our iTunes every weekend. And we're also doing podcasts on Champions League midweek, so look out for that too. And just time for us mostly to say thanks to our good friends at Culver City. We value their help and assistance. They do a great job for us every week. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening in and getting involved in the show as well. We'll take an international break next weekend, but of course we'll return the following Saturday for more Premier League musings. Until then, it's good night from me. It's good night from him. Good night. Good night. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.